It's been a while since we've done a movie review, and today we're going to review the movie The Flash. It's my most anticipated movie of the year, so we're going to discuss whether or not the movie lived up to my anticipation. We're also going to discuss some things surrounding the movie, like criticisms and reviews from other critics. We're also going to discuss some of the controversy surrounding the star actor Ezra Miller, and we're going to discuss where comic book movies are currently in the culture and where we see them going in the future. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K-Cartoon. This is Rx Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics and current news with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it, two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Going over to our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, Give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you know somebody that would be interested in the things that we talk about here on the show, please share it with them. We're on all podcast platforms. So today, a very fun, lighthearted topic, a little removed from politics, a little removed from the news, a little removed from (laughs) all the stuff going on in the world that is of far more relevance let's <laughs> let's, let's be let's real be, here let's be real a lot all that stuff is of far more relevance but every once in a while it's good to uh uh kind of get back in touch with the kid in you every once in a while it's good to get back in touch with the lighthearted side and i will say part of the way that we break down movies and art and media and stuff like that has contributed to us even starting a podcast because we would talk about these things and we would talk about them in depth it's not like so much passion yeah (laughs) and and passion and depth like it's because you hear people talk about sports or movies or whatever the case and they'll they'll talk about it with passion but a lot of times there's very little depth. Like for instance, yeah. like there's people that like are into sports and like they break it down, but they break it down with depth. And I could rock with it, even though like I may not particularly care for the sport. Yeah. Or I may not particularly know as much as they do. I could appreciate how they're explaining things and describing things versus I noticed with like a lot of Bears fans, there's a lot of passion but no depth. Yeah, it's just like, oh man, that guy is you know, oh the Bears, and it's like, all right, well, like, tell me something deep, like tell me something that I could learn from, from like what you're saying, other than just you like the Bears for whatever the fuck reason, you know? Yeah, it's like um, Max Kellerman versus Stephen A. Smith. I feel like Max Kellerman when he talks about sports. He gets in depth, like he he really sees the strategies, the 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 chess that teams play, the like you know, like you really 
you feel like you understand the fighter or the or the football team yeah, a lot better. He definitely was like that when it came to boxing. Yes. Yeah. Specifically boxing. Like he was amazing yeah. at that. Yeah. That was probably his biggest strong suit. And then like Stephen A. Smith, I I feel like he's just bombastic. Yeah. Yeah, he is. It, it's good. It's good for like like for ratings. For ratings. Yeah. But you're not really getting anything. And then if you ever hear if you've ever heard Stephen A. Smith on like boxing, it's like God, just just please shut the fuck <laughs> shut the fuck up you don't know what you're talking about um which which is sad because if that's your profession like you should learn a little bit about it like so you could kind of know what you're talking about so i i do i do definitely feel like it, depth brings like such a different level to anything that you do mm-hmm. because it's like there's there's levels to it there's just levels the dichotomy of depth and passion is interesting because you get that even in politics a lot. Yeah. It's like uh, I notice a lot of people on the left, there's a lot of passion, but yes. very little depth, very little research, very little awareness of history. So that is interesting philosophically to look at that and know the difference between the two. And I feel like we are very, I mean, we do definitely talk passionately about a lot of subjects, but it's it's always with depth. Yes. Yeah. And then you forget, like, I don't know about you, but for me, I forget, like, how extensive we go into things sometimes. Today, I had one of those moments where I'm talking and it starts with, like, World War One, World War Two, Cold War, Soviet Union, Leninism, Marxism, how it switched, intersection out. I'm like, I went from all the way to that to ESG and how corporations have used like, and I'm like, people are listening and they're like, Jesus Christ, what do you do? Like, what do you? But like, this is really what the show is. Like, we we talk about so many things that like. I'm learning from some of the shit you say. Some of the shit that, that, that I'm reading, I'm like, damn, oh, wow, okay, cool. This is something new. This is a, a new nuance to 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 an issue that, that we're going through today. And then you realize how, like, a lot of people, like, like you said, perfect example, the left, a lot of passion, no depth. When you don't have any depth, you don't know history. You don't know history. You don't understand what it is you're rooting for because you're literally falling for the same thing that that many people have fell for before. Yes, and 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 and, uh, and now we're at a crossroads when it comes to mainstream media on the left and on the right, and that to me, like, that's gonna tell me a lot about where the right is at because, like, the 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 current situation with Fox News. How many people will actually notice the divide? Of, of where the Republican Party's at. That's going to tell me a lot of where the right is at. I know where we're at, and I know what, what we're paying attention to, but do people pay attention to that? Yeah. And I think next election, next like going into the primaries, we're going to learn a lot about where the right is at. We yeah. know where the left is at. Motherfuckers ain't got no depth. But where's the right really at? From the what we talked about last week to, 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 to like where we're at today, I feel like there is a, a lot more depth on the right. Oh yeah. And I feel like because of it 
they'll end up in a better place, hopefully, but we never know. I, I think one of the main indicators of the level of depth that you get from people on the right wing, <coughs> excuse me, uh, that Not you sure. get from uh, people, thank you, from people on the right wing is uh, the poll numbers that you're seeing across all polls. Like I seen a Harvard poll, Quinnipiac poll, all these polls that you see and Trump, like despite uh, the indictments and the charges, Trump's numbers keep going up. To me, that suggests a lot of depth. Like that is indicative of a group of people that are looking past all of the noise and all of the nonsense. Yeah. That's depth. That's depth because literally the news, it's founded on sensationalism. So by definition, that's not depth. That's passion. That's like trying to appeal to like you know, people's passions and yeah. instincts and like trying to agitate them and, and, uh, you know, be inflammatory and they're able to see past that. Yeah. And, you know, depth, poise, logic that, so I do like that. Now, will that be enough to translate over into the general election? I don't know. Democrats with their, you know, their ballot harvesting apparatus, all of that. There's still a lot of things to worry about in the general election. Right now, I'm just referring to the primaries yeah. and, and how Trump is faring against everybody else. The most interesting, the most interesting thing is that the right is moving towards their own version of Occupy Wall Street. In, in a way. In what sense? In the sense of like, they see where... The, the Wall Street is at. They see where their the ESG is at, and they see where what, what like uh, all these companies are on, all these corporations are on. So what I find interesting is the right they're they're doing their own version of Occupy Wall Street, but it's like it's not like the way the left did it. I see what you're saying. You're saying like, are you referring? I I think I see what you're saying. Are yeah. you are you referring to like, like how they're like responding to like Target and Bud, Bud Light, Light yeah. and everything like that? Yeah, I. It's interesting. Did you happen to see? Now I don't know how long ago this appearance took place because it was like on my YouTube autoplay. So I don't know how recent it was. But did you see? Vivek's Ramaswamy's appearance on Valuetainment? No. No, yeah. I didn't even know that he was on there. Yeah. He was. I don't know how long ago it was. Uh, yeah, if you want, you could look it up. But I don't know how long ago it was, but he was on there. And, you know, they asked pretty good questions on that show. And they were asking him a lot of questions. And man, like what a rock star this guy is, like how smart and, and the way that, that he was uh, breaking everything down. And Adam, the the guy that has the uh, the that uh, SOS podcast, the one that yeah. Coach Greg Adams was on, it was, you know, obviously Patrick Bed David, Adam, and then I forgot who the other people from the Value Taming crew that were on there, and then obviously Vivek Ramaswamy. And Vivek Ramaswamy, basically, did you find out when it was? It was five months ago. Oh, uh, so pretty recent. Yeah, I would yeah. say. Um, uh, um, 
Vivek Ramaswamy, like he was talking about something similar to what you were just saying about ESG and everything like that. And he was really breaking down everything that he broke down in Woke Inc. You know, obviously um, a, a more, you know, condensed version of it. But he was talking about the things that he talks about in Woke Inc. And Adam asks a question. He's like, I get what you're saying and I like what you're saying. But what do you say to the regular everyday guy that is working? He's just trying to, you know, make ends meet, you know, maybe support his family, all of that stuff. And, you know, maybe, you know, he's hearing people tell him, oh, he needs to invest in the stock market, 401k, what have you. And he's just trying to figure that out. And he's like, dude, like, what is this ESG and like all of yeah, this yeah. stuff that to a lot of people, normie maybe could be like consider they could consider it convoluted and and and, and they don't understand it. And Vivek's answer was awesome. Like it was like a groundbreaking answer, and and I and it wasn't like the typical politician's answer because a typical politician would say something along the lines of. Uh, Oh well, you know we'll get there eventually, or or something that really wouldn't tie into like the level of accountability that's required from each individual person. But what Vikramaswamy said, he's like, I'll answer this by telling you a story about Frederick Douglass. He's like, Frederick Douglass, when he was a slave, he was a little boy. There were times that his plantation would lend him out to other plantations, so like he could work for them or yeah. whatever the case. And he said that there was one particular plantation where the family took a liking to him and that's where he learned to read because the lady, the, the lady of the house, as he was young, taught him how to read. And he said that Frederick Douglass would learn, would observe how agitated others would become because he was learning to read, you know, particularly the white people. And one day the husband comes home and he sees, he finds out that the lady is teaching Frederick Douglass how to read and he gets mad at the wife, but not for the reasons you would think, not because, you know, she's just that she, it's just something that he's so vehemently against. Yeah. She gets mad at the wife because he gets mad at the wife because philosophically he says to the wife, any man that can read is not fit to be a slave. So basically, philosophically, I cannot see this man as a slave anymore because he's learning to not nothing to do with race or color. Yeah. It's just that any man that can read that has the ability to like garner their own knowledge yeah. is not fit to be a slave. And like basically like bitch, you're fucking shit up. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And what Vivek Ramaswamy says is he's like, I would liken that situation to everything that I just talked about. Sure, maybe what I said is complicated to some people, but that's what they where they want you to be. They like you, yeah. you're they it's see not you, complicated. they see you as a slave. Yeah. They see you as a slave, and the more you know, the less you are fit to be a slave. Yes. It's like that, but a different version of that. And 
you will never hear any politician give an answer like that. No, because that that's as real as it gets. That's as real as it gets, and base is basically telling people like, I'm not being soft with you, motherfucker. Read a book, learn some shit. Yeah, learn yeah. something. Like like he basically says, stop, stop being a pussy and yeah. like go do whatever it is you need to do to learn what's going on to yeah. the world around you. It's like if you if you can summarize his answer, it's like the. Lupe Fiasco song, Dumb It Down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's like yeah. literally like, okay, cool. This is what it is. You want me to dumb it down? I can't dumb it down. I can't dumb it down. And so that... You could only dumb it down so much, yeah. too. Like, yeah. you know, and and that's basically how he responded. And like, the value taming guys, they were like, damn, like... You kept it too real right now yeah. because it, it it really breaks down to a point where I don't know maybe focus on something of, uh, of relevance and even now look we we're, we're going to talk about the flash but even now we're not we're not able to like not talk about this stuff yeah you know what I'm saying and, and then there's some people that never talk about it yeah yeah. It, it, it well, it's scary because like we um I go back to to today when I had that conversation about all that stuff, right? And when we talked about like sucking all the energy out of the room, we had talked about. I don't know if it was this last episode or the episode before. When you are informed, and when you start talking, and when people stop, and they're like, "Wait, what is he saying?" And and then like that's that like that's some like. I don't know how to even like explain like that. If a government saw that the the way the government has conducted themselves lately, that's scary. Because if you start telling men like, "Nah, nah, nah, this is what we're on. This is what we got to get on," and then all of a sudden you start seeing all these men come, yeah, and you're like in the middle and you're explaining that is how that's to me the power that i see in the red pill like for as much flack as the red pill gets from a lot of people i think that's the power that the red pill provides is that you get a lot more men focused and talking about the things that they need to focus and talk about and a lot of that you know is you know Putting your time and energy into things of relevance. You yeah. Know? Stepping away a little bit from women. And, you know, I'm not saying, like, be celibate or anything, but in the sense of, like, you know, following behind some woman or, like, worrying about, oh, man, I don't want to upset my girl. Oh, this thing. I don't talk about this stuff with my girl. This bores her. Well, then, like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and then I liken it to... Well, we were covering with the uh, Andrew Tate interview. Um, in that same interview that we talked about, he was like, "What people? I don't say like anything crazy. I just say like if if you you feel like you don't feel good or you feel out of shape, stop being a pussy and do push-ups. Or if you want to learn, read a fucking like. There's nothing. Everything falls on you as a man. Everything falls on you." It's your fault. Is that it was my fault? I went to 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 Romania. I chose to go to Romania. They locked me up. It's my fault. And so when you take accountability as a man, 
you will look at uh, the uh, Ramaswamy's answer, and you'll be like, you should feel like a sting if you feel like, yeah, wow, damn, like I, I was thinking he was gonna explain, but maybe I should man the fuck up and get to his level because that's what's gonna be better for society as a whole for us to know what the fuck we're talking about, what it is that these themes and subject matters are because we need to know this because then we're not going to be confused. Exactly. When they say, oh, the common cold, we need to lock down. No, we don't. We don't need to lock down. Hey, everyone, we're not locking down. Well, that's because what? You, you're confident enough to understand where, you, where you're at, what this is, do the research, where we at, economically can we do this can we not like when you don't know anything and you rely on everybody else but yourself if they say lock it down oh uh, well they said it's a like a strong common cold well i don't i don't know i don't know i don't want to find out i'm just gonna stay inside yeah you know they say we could only come out at five and the curfew's at 12 and we can't go to restaurants that's what they said obviously they know more than me they all right, massa. Like, yeah, we're sl- we're all slaves. If the government tells us this is what you're gonna do, this is what you're not gonna do, this is how we're gonna run it. This, like, yeah, so we're all slaves then. Mm-hmm. Goes back to what Kanye was saying when he said the slave comment, and people got all offended. But that's what it is. It's like either you have the slave mind or you have or you don't have it. Yeah. And when you don't have the slave mind, you realize. Well, the more control I have over my circumstance, the more I work on having more resources, yeah, I'm better off. And so is my the guys I, I hang with. Yeah. And, it, and if we have a community of shit, like, nobody can penetrate that. Exactly. And w- w- we don't have that anymore. No. And so that, that's, the, that's the sad thing about it. Um, the, the current state is like, constantly constantly politicians and famous people are asked to dumb it down and they do and they do they oh, want to yeah. baby feed you every little thing no it's that's not how it works anything that's worth it requires work and that's it like you have to be knowledgeable about something like you know that's why i get excited like when you read a book and you've told me like you read you say certain things like oh hey this movie was good I get excited because it's something new and it comes from a source that's like, oh, well, this guy, he he's a pretty well-rounded, based-ass guy, so I probably should read this book or I should probably watch this movie or I should probably hear this song because it's like, it's going to be some next-level shit. Yeah. You feel like it's a good recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to do it, though. I can't just be like, oh, well, he said it, so it's good. Yeah. No, to really, truly enjoy it, you do it, you know? Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so it, it's uh, it's interesting that I like that guy. Like I, I like I said, I, I obviously don't see him beating Trump in the primary, but I don't know. I, I would like to see him have like a, a bigger role. Yeah. Absolutely. So moving on. To well, that wasn't even like a we didn't even plan it. That was just like yeah, totally organic. But uh, we saw the Flash. Uh, 
We saw it actually the day before it tech it officially came out. Yeah. <laughs> uh I was so excited over that movie. Yeah, me too. It was it was my most anticipated movie of the year. Uh it like the anticipation it, it was that movie. Then uh Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, then Oppenheimer. That's those are yeah. like the three movies that like I'm most anticipated for. Uh I have the most anticipation for. Uh this movie The Flash it like after that first trailer drop like I really did and then when the second trailer dropped I was like oh damn like yeah. this shit looks great now there's a lot to talk about with this movie obviously at this point uh there's going to be a lot of good discussions but there's going to be spoilers so I guess in a way it's good that we had that that uh that unplanned segment yeah. because like if people don't want the movie spoiled then i guess maybe now's the time to tune out because there will be there will be spoilers yeah. you got a, you got a good rant out of us you got a good rant yeah <laughs> and now we got to talk some real shit yeah. and we have to because i feel like the themes of it there's no other way yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know it's uh and especially you know in order to like be able to get in depth about the movie and stuff like that so first and foremost, I will say that for me it it lived up to my anticipation. Yeah. You agree? I would say yeah. Um I would say that although it's not a perfect movie. Yeah, yeah, I felt like it's weird because I felt like one movie I could compare it to is No Way Home. And there's certain things I like about this movie better than No Way Home. And then there's certain things I like about No Way Home better than this. Yeah. Um, the the heart of it, I feel like this one did it a little bit better. Yeah. Even though No Way Home had heart, especially like at the end where yes. he basically, like, I, I thought that part was like really badass in No Way Home at the end where he sees the scar on Mary Jane's face or yeah. MJ because she she's not Mary Jane in there right she's MJ but her name is not Mary Jane right it's like something I else I don't think so yeah well uh. she see, he sees a scar on MJ's face and he he's like damn like she only has that because of me and like he's like yeah I'm not even gonna engage like I, I don't even want to rekindle yeah if you could call it rekindle because she forgot him so it's not you know I, I, it's multiverse rekindle whatever but <laughs> but uh but yeah like i i thought to me that reminded me a lot of the butterfly effect yeah well that, that's where no way home to me did better at, at like ending the movie yeah it ended it with like that the the weight of of um the multiverse, everything that happened, and like the the weight of like having to make people forget about yeah. you. I felt like the weight of the movie fell heavier on No Way Home at the end than the Flash. Yeah, but you know, I noticed Spider Man movies; they're really good at that. They've always been good at like Spider Man making that sacrifice of like I gotta like sacrifice what's important to me personally. Yeah. To be the hero that I need to be, yep. you know, because Tobey Maguire's movies had that. Even even the Andrew Garfield movies with the with the one where uh, where um, Gwen dies, yeah, and then like how like 
he has to like build up that strength to be Spider-Man and then like, you know, the, how the way the movie ends and stuff where yeah. he's like fighting the rhino at the end. Yep. Like, yeah, they're, they're good at that. Uh, obviously though, this is with the flash. It's different because it's not like he's, he's sacrificing like a romantic relationship. It's, no. it's his mom, you know? Yeah. I will say with the flash, there were missed opportunities and yeah. there were moments where there have been other movies that have done certain elements better than this movie did it. Yeah. I, I felt like, well, you brought this point up. And so, well, let me, let me, the, the purpose of the movie, right? So I felt like that's where The Flash did better than No Way Home. The purpose of it, I think, was a heavier purpose. Oh, hundred percent. Like you're, you, like then no way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that shit. That shit. The purpose, like, deep. like the reason that like all that shit popped off in no way home. He didn't want to be known. It was kind of weak. So you got like, a personal That was like life. the weakest part yeah. of of no way home versus this was like, this was a lot more understandable. Yeah, yeah. Like in retrospect, like okay, you want to change the multiverse so you don't nobody knows who you're. Bro, come on. That's kind of kind of egotistical. Yeah. Kind of immature, which did go well with his character. Especially when the guy that like your mentor in the first movie is I'm Iron Man. Like like you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's like you know that's like you could like look at your mentor and be like, "Well, he dealt with it," you yeah. know. Whereas this one it's like, "Bro, think about this question. If your whole life you had that like you to deal with the fact that you you've lost a mother, lost a parent, lost a loved one, and for a moment you're like, "Wow, I could bring this person back." Yeah, that's would you do it? Yeah, like everybody would at least consider it. Yes, yes, at very least consider. Yeah. It. Maybe not go through with it, but at least consider it. Yeah, and so to me, like that, the weight of the movie was heavier on in the Flash because it was like. Is your parent like this? Is your mom like? And then and then and then Bruce Wayne, um, I would say Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne added uh, like good dialogue and the fact that he's like you know this has made us who we are. And then Michael Keaton reiterates that later on. Yeah, it's like you don't want to mess with the past because we are who we are because of like what we've went through. Yeah. Like, and, and sometimes it's 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 easy for us to to look at things like, well, if I would have went back, if I could have went back and changed this, if I could have, but no, 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 no. The good, the bad, everything that happened in your life has made you who you are today. Yeah. And if you change that back in the beginning, then you're not who you are, you know? And we've all had that. I remember when we were in high school, the shit that we would go through, the shit that we would see, the like, maybe at the time we're like, this is shitty, but like, we're not who we are today unless Without we went that, through the yeah. fucking shittiness of, of the beginnings of, of our story. And, and so, like, that that's what was crazy about it. Like, you go back, you change it, and then, and then obviously, you change a lot of shit. <laughs> and um, I felt like it was interesting seeing The Flash with The Flash, like a younger version of The Flash and the older version of The Flash. And it was weird because I've always felt like um, uh, Ezra Miller's Flash, he has that annoyingness to him. Yeah. So I've, it, it was kind of funny to me and kind of like, I thank thank you. 
when like he was being annoyed by himself. Yeah. And then like it kind of made him normal. It was like self awareness because he even said, "I see what people mean." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even though it's funny and it's goofy because it's like that's who, who his character is, but it was it was kind of badass because it kind of balanced the original Ezra Miller's uh, Flash. Like it made him. Kind of take on a leadership role almost. Yeah, because the the way that he his character is annoying, I don't think it's in a bad way. I I would say it's fitting for the character. Yes. Yeah. Well, the thing is, this you could get away with that because you have Bruce Wayne. Yeah. In the movie, you have Bat or uh, Superman in the movie. You have like more serious characters, and like he's kind of like. The comic relief, kind of the goofy, like, hey, this is, like, the, the, the goofy character. But, like, at the same time, he's the heart of it. Like, yeah. in the Justice League, the... The, the Snyder the, Cut. The Snyder Cut. He was the heart of that. But he was what, who made the movie. Yeah. And saved the day at the end by, by traveling back through time. So, like... Which you, be And because of that, because of the Snyder Cut... W- this is even like this movie and the premise of it is possible. Yeah. Now, what I will say, and I'm glad that you brought up the Snyder cut. You do get to see while Zack Snyder, in my opinion, isn't. I don't think he's that great of a director, even though I thought, you know, the Snyder cut, like it was way better than like the, the Josh Whedon cut of, of, uh, the, what they call it? The justice league. (laughs) It it was like way better than that shit. Yeah. He actually made the justice league palatable. Like it was like actually like worth watching the Snyder cut. Yeah. You comparing things with certain characters, in a movie, like in this particular case, Ben Affleck's Batman and The Flash in this Flash movie, and you compare it to the Justice League with the Zack Snyder Justice League, the Snyder Cut, I do find that there are some things that Zack Snyder does very well, yeah. and you could see in this movie it lacked. Yeah. Like, yep. for, like, like, I, like for instance... Zack Snyder's music, his music selection, and like the placement of the music or the people that he gets to compose, yeah, it is way better because there were moments in the in the Flash movie that like the music should have been like a lot more epic, yeah, and it, yep. and and it lacked, it, it lacked. Like I would say, like probably the the best musical composition was like at the end with the mom spoiler alert i mean we you were forewarned but at the end with the mom where he's basically like like oh seeing his mom but as a stranger and like sentimental yeah like that music that was like done well that that but like there were a lot of like other epic moments where i thought the music could have been great like for instance the music where where Supergirl like takes him up to get to get zapped like that music should have been like way greater yeah. than what it yeah, was. Yeah, because it's like a god is taking you to the sky. Yeah, like, you have to think about that. Like this is the the moment. An the mo- big spoiler here. Like the moment where where Michael Keaton's Batman dies. That could have been way more epic with some music, like a certain yeah. music. And actually, I, I thought that scene could have been like extended a little bit more. And I thought that there was a little bit of an opportunity 
to pass on some sort of met like an older Batman pass on some sort of message to Ben Affleck's Batman. Yeah. Like, because to me, what that would have been is like, I under, that would have been like a parallel to the Flashpoint comic. Like, it's not exactly what took place yeah. in the Flashpoint comic, but it would have been something similar. It would have been adjacent to it. Yeah. So there was missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. Granted, it was a good movie. And compared to like where comic book movies are nowadays. Yeah. It was really good because, like, comic book movies are in. It, kind, well, like what Gary from Nerd Roddick said. Even though I don't, I don't really agree much with his review of this movie, but we did watch it in pre-production. Yeah. I will say one thing he said, not about this movie in particular, but about the comic book movie genre in general that I agree with is that <laughs> it is in the fat Elvis stage. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. It really is. Yeah. And and so I guess before we go any further with talking about the movie The Flash, but just comic book movies as a whole, where do you see them going? And and then also, well, yeah. Where do you see them going? Okay. And then uh, so uh, it's different because the DC DCEU right now it's called the the, the DCU now DCU DCU it was DCEU right. So the DC universe, I feel good about because there's fresh minds, and, and so like I want to see that unfold. There is a lot of overused tropes, like the multiverse. That's already like been what three, four movies now with multiverse, yeah, uh, topics, subject matter, and so you got to tread carefully with that because even though it is a badass uh, trope to explore, it becomes kind of cliche after a while. Yeah. I, I didn't feel that this movie, it felt cliche, but I, I did feel like, you know, I don't want to see more movies about that. Like, this is one, all right, cool, that's badass. It was a reset. It, did, it, it served its purpose. So I am excited for the DCU. For Marvel, I feel like they, they're lost. Yeah. And, and, and also with this movie... I guess technically it, 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 it does have multiverse elements, but I liken them more to like a time traveling movie yes. than multiverse. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I mean, it is multiverse because like you do see the a version of himself, yeah. but even Back to the Future had that yeah. where it was like, all right, well, or, you don't want to run into yourself. You know? <laughs> or different versions of Batman, yeah. different versions of Superman. Oh, that's another thing that killed me. This was... Uh, one thing that I saw in some of the reviews and in seeing the movie, I'm like, Ugh, was the CGI, in my opinion, and from what you're telling me, it was done on purpose, not how I would have selected it. Because I feel like, um, I feel like we've had a lot of spoilers. I don't know if I should spoil this, but let's just say different renditions of Superman's. I feel if you could have just taken the time to make them look more human-like yeah. and less CGI yeah. would have added a different effect because of the actors and the epicness of who was in those worlds. Yeah, And so, I, I, I don't know, I felt that that could have been... The music could have been better in those scenes, and I feel like the, the fact that you have those characters playing Superman is just like... that. That should have been like a topic of discussion... I'm like on Twitter, like oh my god, like yeah. and you really haven't seen that. It's probably because, because it was it CGI. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like, 
That that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. Also, there were uh, there were moments with the sound mixing, like for instance, I don't know, I guess, but I guess with Nolan, like the bar is so high with sound mixing. Because for instance, Nolan's vocal mixing. I don't know if you want to say it's not great, but like the vocal mixing of his movies is really like always like really low. But yeah. he says he does that on purpose because he does it to be like he 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 designs it to be like the movies to be seen with like big speakers and like you yeah. know he does it to it to be experienced in a certain way. But there are it doesn't particularly bother me too much, but the, you get a lot of complaints of like oh it's hard to hear what the characters are saying and this and that. But the flip side of it, his sound mixing is is immaculate, yeah. like the, the sound effects and stuff. And there were moments with this movie, with, especially with like Batman on the bike. Yeah. That like, you know, like, like, like Nolan's version of Batman on a bike is like so much better. Yeah, like just like, even the way it sounds and everything like. The, and, playing and, with the speaker like left to right yeah, like, and all of that yeah. and like the sound like to me like these were like all like like uh like uh uh digitally uh created sounds and like nolan sound real like if yes. like, they really have like the mic to like an actual motorcycle versus versus like something that was like digitally created yeah you you feel the difference because when when you when you see a nolan scene Especially on the big screen, it almost feels like some shit's gonna fall on you. It's immersive. Yeah. yeah, like you're like, what the fuck? Like this is this is getting wild. Hold yeah. on, hold on. Now, granted, it, it, it's not. This was not bad, and it wouldn't even really be meant worth mentioning if not that we have seen other scenes with Batman on a motorcycle. Yeah. So yeah. it's just like, well, you have to make that comparison. Yeah. I will say though, the Ben Affleck scene. On the motorcycle in the beginning of the movie was amazing. It was fun, yeah, yeah. It was like a very fun scene, not very grounded, obviously. No, <laughs> you know, not like, not like, like if you're looking for like grounded action, obviously, like nothing's gonna really top the Dark Knight. But if you're looking at like what a comic book would be on the big screen, this is it. Yeah, this is definitely it from like many different aspects. So yeah, hundred percent. I thought that this was probably Ben Affleck's best performance as bruce wayne and batman i agree i agree uh it was just like very like stoic and and like heartfelt yeah that's why i felt like for as good as the performance was i felt like it was a missed opportunity to not have something with him in the end like like a lesson learned or some sort of message like that was andy muschietti really like kind of mess that up because that was like probably one of the best parts of the flashpoint comic yeah and like to not have anything that resembled that i thought was a huge missed opportunity huge because batman and bruce wayne added a lot of emotional depth to the movie yeah i think it was also old to the character because of the the pivotal role that 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 really the character had both both, both yeah. uh ben affleck and michael keaton's characters and them really sharing kind of having a shared pain with the flash in the sense of like losing losing a parent yeah and so it's like i would have liked to have seen that because i I think the audience would have felt that especially 
after seeing the mom scene because mm-hmm. that that was the heaviest. Like that's when I was like, God damn, that that's you know, there's moments in movies where where, where you sit down and you're like, you you it's so good that you almost put yourself in that person's shoes. Yeah, and and like that that moment to me, I was like that that was the heaviness of the movie. That's when it hit me. And imagine after experiencing that, and then like, you know, doing your thing, whatever. I, I think after that, everything kind of goes back to normal. There's some humor in it, and then like you kind of give the letter. Yeah. It, it, it kind of it, it it adds like a nostalgic. Yeah. Like it it leaves you kind of thinking at the end of the movie, and then you just kind of and then it he reads it there. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it, you're right. It would have added like yeah. a, a and, different level to it. And even if it wasn't like exactly how it was in Flashpoint, like like in the Batcave or like, you know, Bruce crying, like it, maybe you didn't have to do all of that, but like you could have had something where like it's like it means something to Ben Affleck, like, you know, some yeah. something, I, you know. Another thing I would have liked to see, obviously that's like the greatness of Brian Singer, because he is like one of the best comic book movie directors ever. Like in X-Men Days of Future Past. I really think this movie needed something where you immediately like like a, a certain decision is made or not made. And in the same scene, you immediately see the cause the, and effect, the effect of it. In, in the current time. Yeah. That was so amazing to me in Deja Future Past. Like, like that moment where, like, Mystique, like, it's like whether she's going to shoot these people and, like, obvi- ju- have them justify creating the Sentinels to hunt the mutants, which later on makes it where it's, like, this dystopian-ass future. Yeah. Or make it where, like, they don't have the justification to, like, further that research to, like, hunt the mutants. Yeah. And... How great it was that, like, which you do get a kind of that where, like, Barry realizes, like, you got to stop playing with fate. And then Professor X, like, he didn't want to control her to make the decision. It was just like, this is your decision. I'm just going to tell you that all you've done so far is save these men, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was, like, great. And, like, Beast is, like, shut her down. And he, like, looks at him and is like, nah, like, and then she doesn't. And then... She just watch, she walks away. Then you see the current time, and then like the, as the Sentinels are coming in, and then it just like everything disappears. Yeah, that's like amazing. Yeah, yeah. And with the great ass music that goes with yes. it. Yes, that's like one of the best comic book movie scenes ever. Oh yeah. And again, Zack Snyder did his own thing, kind of with that in the Snyder Cut, where the Flash goes back in time, and you see everything like rematerializing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like you know. You could have had something like that. It's that moment uh, where faith and fate. Yeah. Like, it's like a perfect uh, intersection of yeah. the two. Absolutely. And then, uh, so that there was that. I thought that that was a missed opportunity. I thought that the the scene, which I don't think that like like they're being overused. I like the scenes where like you have like the fast character and everything is like, in slow motion and you see them do like all this stuff like yeah. you got it with with uh Quicksilver yes uh in in yeah. both X-Men well in Days of Future Past and in 
and in an apocalypse. Yes, yeah, you got yeah, both. Yeah. And so in Days of Future Past, it's like where they go to get Magneto. Yeah, like they they go to that was sh- classic. They go to shoot, and then he's like he goes around. And you know what's great about that is that it reminds me of the trip we took to Wisconsin. Cause, cause we all had went as a group, like, the, uh-huh. like it was a group of friends. We went, we were fucking like camping. No, not camping. We went to a cabin. Yeah. And so that was the movie we watched then. So yeah. it, was, it was epic because it was yeah. like everybody was there. Yeah. So, so when it's such an epic scene, it's like not only is it epic, but then you think about the epicness yeah. of the like the what were you doing during that now, time? Now, question: Which scene do you like better? The one from Days of Future Past, or the or the or the time uh, slowdown scene from Apocalypse, because remember the one from Apocalypse, the 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 house blows up. Yeah. The school, the the Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters blows up. Damn that, that's hard. But I will say because when you see it for the first time. The originality, yeah, the originality. Like I might give the Days of Future Past, and also because it's in the better movie, so I feel packaged. Yeah, well, yeah, definitely that. You're, yeah. I agree a hundred. Like the the first one is definitely in the better movie. But if you're saying like a standalone scene, probably uh, Apocalypse. Yeah, because because to me, what gets me with the with Apocalypse is the music. Yeah, the the, the sweet dreams. <laughs> yeah, it sweet, like, yeah. Doom, doom, and then I, like it goes perfectly. Like it was just they're both great, but and then uh, the apocalypse one is a little longer. I felt like the Andy Muschietti one in the Flash. I didn't think it was that great. No, no. Like it, I, I thought like it, he was trying to be too humorous with it. Yeah, and uh, the music wasn't as epic as it could have been. Actually, what I what I'll say again. Shout out to Zack Snyder. Like, man, like, it's funny when you, you may not, like, appreciate a certain guy, but then when you compare it to others, it's yeah. like, damn. Because the Zack Snyder time slowdown scene. That was epic. It, where, and where the he, music. Where he saves her. Where yes. He say, where, where, like, the crash. They're, like, floating. And, and, and he the even, like, 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 guards her neck. Yeah. Like, when he's, like, placing her down and everything. That was like that was like way better than the one in the Flash movie. Yeah, way better. Yeah, that's the thing though with Zack Snyder. He's very like the bravado. The bravado's there. Yeah. So you know when it comes to certain scenes, and like you, you could you could watch three hundred, and, yeah. and like you could get moments where it's like wow. He he was passionate about that yeah, moment in the I, movie. To me, where he lacks sometimes is with the story. Yes. Yeah. yeah that's my issue with him. Like. It's like where this the story was great, but certain elements of how it was like done was not as great. Yeah, him. It's like it's like they needed to work together. Yeah, you know, it's because he's like the opposite. Oh yeah, has Zack Snyder worked on this movie? With this, this might we might be talking like top top five. Yeah, you're right. I I I could see that. I could see that because this was really good, but like. Overall, and then and then imagine the end credit scene. Like there was just certain things I felt like okay could have done this better. And then when you told me like the 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 flashpoint uh, ending with the giving the the note to yeah. to like that, I was like cause I didn't know I, I I wasn't as aware about flashpoint um like a, as a comic book series. So when you told me that, I was like, oh my god, why would they not add that? Yeah, that's why big. wouldn't you not? Yeah, that's big. So for people that know yeah. about like who, who are 
more involved with like okay this is what i'm into this is the this is what was in the comics i could see a lot of people although having enjoyed the movie having certain gripes with it or say, saying like damn this could have been added that could have been added you yeah. know because because in the flashpoint you don't even see what bruce's dad writes him but you it, whatever it is it just hits him like so hard that he's like you know he's like thank you you know he tells him thank you with this it could have been like because what i was thinking in my mind is that maybe there could have been like so it was established very established to michael keaton's batman that that he has a batman in in his timeline right yeah and Michael Keaton's Batman, remember the part where they're sitting down and they're talking and he's like, you know, my whole life, like I acted as if putting on, you know, a cape like would bring my parents back. You actually did it. Right. So yeah. in a way, he was kind of like supportive of the idea of going back and changing things. Yes. Ben Affleck's Batman wasn't. So yeah. like, like to me, that uh, like that could have been like a. There could have been a moment of dialogue in there where Barry was probably with 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 Michael Keaton's Batman, like, you know, I, I'm glad to hear you say that because the Bruce where I'm from, he didn't think he didn't think this was a good idea. And like I'm starting to think that he was right, because you know, you see all this like shit going on with Zod yeah. and everything like that. And then in the end, like it could have been something like maybe this Batman like sending a message back to that Batman, like yeah, like you are right. Like our uh, <coughs> our our scars, sometimes they define us. But there's nothing wrong with like some something where it would yeah. have been like like your philosophy was the right philosophy. You know, I agree. I think that Michael Keaton's character, where you see him at, it's like he's secluded. Like he, he's kind of like I wouldn't say he he seemed like a recluse, but. Uh, to a certain extent, Michael Keaton's Batman in the beginning, you could kind of tell that he's at peace with certain things. Yeah. Like, he, you know, whereas Ben Affleck's Batman, you could tell that shit still bothers him. There's conflict, yeah. There, yeah. And so it was it was a crazy little nuance between both Batmans. Yeah. Or he's both. like, they're making spaghetti. Yeah. Shit, yeah. But like, you could tell he's a, even though, you know, like, the pain always be there and, and the scars will be, always be there. But like, I feel like, as you as you get older, and you could just tell like he was just like this is, you know this I'm painting now like yeah. motherfucker got like, like one of them scarves yeah. like I, I found that funny <laughs> yeah, because it, it was like it was distinguished like yeah. he's, my man's just painting and yeah. at peace he's found a way to kind of like and and I actually appreciated that because like we we've done music we've done sketches so like the artsy yeah. version of us and artistic version of us is like damn this motherfucker is like using some of like. His experiences and, and putting it in shit and like just being at peace, like yeah. living. Cause like there's something peaceful about being in your place and like doing shit and like just like, man, I, I did this, I did that. I, yeah. I had like, I'm at peace now. Yeah. And I, so you could tell there was a peace to him. Yeah, definitely. And, and, and so I definitely do think that him at the end sending a message to the, to this Bruce Wayne, to Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne. Would have been, would have been pretty epic. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. That's the thing. Like where 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 I feel like this movie could have had like classic mo like yeah. moments where 
and and so it does keep it, in my opinion, from being a five star movie. Yeah. I would give it four stars because it was like a lot of great fan service. Now, Chris Stockman said something the other day that I I wholeheartedly agree with. He's like, yeah, you're gonna hear a lot of people say that this movie has a lot of fan service, and they say fan service as it's derogatory. But he's like, he's like, I'm a fan. Service me, like yeah. that, like like. <laughs> And and this was like because because a, a lot of the reviews I read is like oh all it is is fan service well I guess m- maybe you're not a fan maybe I don't know what kind of be- lifestyle or childhood yeah. you had but if you didn't fuck with Batman eighty nine then you had horrible parents because like <laughs> honestly because like yeah like I felt like a child yeah me too like I like. <laughs> You didn't like this. Didn't do nothing for you. Nothing at all. So, so like it's like I remember like watching Batman eighty nine with my mom, with my dad. I had the VC, the yeah. the, the VHS dun, tape. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it's just the music and, and all the little references, like the 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 little the Joker's little laughing back. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, damn, like that's crazy. That's crazy that that Batman he had that like he for he like it's like he kept it as like a, a memento or something. Yeah. Yeah. It was no. Nah, it was that was great. That was that was great. And yeah, that's definitely a, a, a strong four for me as well. Like, I, yeah, it, it was. I loved it. Like I would rewatch it. It has a lot of replay value for me. I think yeah. just because like like you said, eighty nine Batman. The Batcave, like the scene when like the lights start, like they, yeah. they put the the power up and you just see the Batcave as it was before. Yeah. And the house too. Was yeah, and the house, was, yeah. Like, the kitchen was the same because I remember in the in 89 Batman where he's like it, with Vicky Vale, they're in the kitchen. It's the same kitchen. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that I would have, I would have liked the movie to have. I would have liked the movie. So have you ever seen Edge of Tomorrow? No, that's with, a with, Tom Cruise. With Tom Cruise, yeah. But it has something similar to this, where like it can go back in time. They can yeah. go back in time. And what I really liked about that movie is like there's like these montages where he dies, he goes back, but like it's like he instantly learns like where he messed up. So it's like in the montage, like in in real time, it's like actually like a lot longer. But in the montage, it's like you see it like instantaneously. So he goes, he dies. But now he goes and he knows to duck here. Yeah. He goes further, he dies, but now he goes and he knows to like jump here. And then in the montage, it looks like real cool. Like, cause it's like instantaneous. I would have loved if there was something like, remember like where the part where, where the berries, they keep going back, trying to like fix it. But like Supergirl keeps dying and Batman keeps dying. Yeah. I would have liked if there was a part like, where ultimately, yeah, they realize that like it's fate and there's nothing they could do to save that world. I'm yeah. fine with that. But I would have liked if there was a little montage of them doing that and like the Newberry learning stuff. So like, damn, I got cut here, but let's go back. I can, I can fix it. Boom. I, I died. And then like, that yeah. would have been like a cool ass little, like, like very, it would have been very inventive to see something like that. Yeah. You yeah. know, so. But I guess too, like it's hard when you look at like a movie, like because like we've like done sketches and we filmed before, so like you look at it from like damn, like 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 a filmmaking perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you even know? times like there's times where like you see something you've made, like damn, I could have done this a little bit yeah. better. Yeah. And so 
And we've done it's a weird. sketch where we fucked with time travel too. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it, it, it's great. Like some of the best movies have those concepts. Yeah. The butterfly effect, back to the future, you know, yeah. days of future past. So it, it's a very awesome concept. Uh, and it's a great movie. Miss, some missed opportunities that kept it from being a classic. Um, but but yeah, definitely go watch it. It's definitely, definitely, definitely go watch it. Well, that's our review for The Flash, and that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show keeps growing because you guys keep listening, so keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in, please share it with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. We'll see you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.